as many of you listeners know out there, we record this in the middle of the week. So, Timmy Buns, what is your drink of choice on this fine Thursday recording afternoon night? Uh, you know, tonight we are drinking a nice circle root hazy pale ale from uh, White Sails Brewing, straight out of Nanaimo, where I'm at. You want to listen to the beautiful sound of ooh-wee, let's do this thing. What do you got? Uh, I have a traditional vodka uh, Coke Zero because it is cutting season, baseball season's upon us, but a uh, nice little vodka Coke Zero. By the time recording starts, the ice has melted. So with that being said, what is the drink of choice going into NFL wildcard weekend? Is there three different drinks for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday games? Well, let's be real. I'm going to be sitting in front of the TV watching football all day. I'm drinking the cheapest piss I can get because it is going down so smooth, so quick. Um, Knowing me, we'll probably end up with a nice old Milwaukee. And I got a buddy visiting from back home. So whether he likes it or not, he's going to be stuck on that train too. Um, What are you going with, boss? Yeah, I think, uh, well, obviously answer number one would be whatever uh, Papa Withrow fills the fridge with. But uh, if I really had to go out there and purchase something, I'm sure it'd be a nice a nice lager, maybe a nice beer. Uh, obviously, it goes down like water and then uh, transition to maybe into the hard stuff, depending on how the games go. Uh, Monday night might just go straight to the hard stuff because we got our my Cardinals playing the Rams. That could just be a straight hard liquor fest and good or bad, we'll drink till the end. But yeah, I, I think it's... It. It's, I've been training for this moment all year long. Every NFL Sunday, starting drinks at 11 a.m. right at kickoff, right when Scott Hansen says it's time to start NFL Red Zone, and here we go. Drinks from there up until Al and Chris sign off on Sunday Night Football. It's I've been training for this moment. So uh, we have and Saturday, Sunday, and Monday football, and it's a pretty incredible feeling. It's funny hearing you say 11 a.m. start because I'm in a different time zone. So, like, we start at 10 a.m. and it's a little early then for a beer, but we always go clue and coffee for those Sunday mornings. Oh, you do start at 10 a.m. with the clue and coffee. Yeah, I think I think the 10 to 11 a.m. cutoff for the beer and cream or the beer and Bailey's kind of or sorry, the coffee and Bailey's into a beer or a light white claw or something like that. I think it's the 10 to 11 o'clock difference. I really do think that's 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 the drinking witching hour. There's the NFL red zone witching hour, but that's the drinking witching hour is. When do you start kind of getting into the real stuff and move aside from the coffee and cream? All that said, if Michigan is playing at 9 a.m., I have a beer cracked by 9.30, no question. For me, college football hits a little different, but the NFLs, we take it nice and easy with a little Kahlua and coffee. Yeah, we again, we all have our standards <clears throat> on, you know, we there's a couple exceptions when it comes to the drinking laws, when it comes to NFL season or college football for that matter, but as we're talking about NFL right now, why don't we just get into the wildcard weekend? You know, let's let's talk about it a little bit. Let's do it. Let's get crispy with it. So the one question I have for you before we get into uh, each game, we're going to preview each game for all of you listeners out there. If you are listening to this, uh, big shout out to Mr. Tim Bennett, who's joining me. Timmy Buns received 53 plays of his special guest interview that we had last week on the podcast, which is an all-time best here at Filter included 53 plays. The next best was 17. So an all-time shout out to Timmy Bennett, reaching out to his friends and family out there on the Island and beyond getting 53 plays. So hopefully if you listen to that interview, you're still listening to us now uh, this fine Friday or Saturday, whenever this is posted and you are excited for NFL football. Tim, before we get into our NFL wildcard weekend preview, uh, I have one question. What is your one favorite and one least favorite moment from your team season this year? A specific moment, maybe a quarter. If I don't want to, I don't want to keep it blank and uh, bleak and keep it a whole game, but what's your favorite moment and or least favorite moment? Oh man. Favorite and least favorite. Um, My favorite moment would have to be, you know, the moment I realized that we were going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it was late in the game, and, I, like, just watching those final drives fired me up so much. Um, yeah, that was such a big game for me that that is the only thing I can think about right now, and I know it's recent and, like, recency bias and all that, but that was, like, the Bengals' season in a shell. You know, we were down a little bit, came back hard. It's a team that uh, – you know, in the past hasn't really had that fight to get back into games, and they really showed it this time. If I'm thinking least favorite, 
It would be when we played the Green Bay Packers, went into overtime. Um, shout out to my buddy Mike Hall, huge Packers fan, like I said last time I was on. And, uh, yeah, he was hitting me up the whole game. We're going back and forth. We're in a group chat, and one of our buddies didn't read it for a while, and there was like 200-plus messages back and forth throughout the entire game. And when that final kick went through by Mason fucking crossbar, I was so upset. I was staying at my parents' place for that weekend, and I went and just hid in my childhood bedroom for a while, and it was not a happy sight for this man. And I'll return the question to you. What about your Cardinals? What was the top and the bottom for you? Yeah, well, I actually just had to look it up because I was trying to remember the exact number, but my favorite would be Chandler Jones' uh, multi-sack game. That was a pretty electric moment, first game of the year. Uh, That was a big one. Uh, I can't remember exactly how many sacks or tackle for losses he had, uh, but that was a big one for me because I just remembered it. But uh, obviously I remember the one that hurt the most just because we are on a bit of a skid here as Cardinals fans. Uh, The least favorite one for me, uh, as I've called it in podcast Previous, the greatest run block of all time. And when A.J. Green uh, decided to run block the Packers defender who ended up catching a a ball thrown by Kyler Murray in the end zone to seal the game in Arizona. That one hurt a little bit, seeing as how uh, our fortunes maybe could have changed a bit winning the division, uh, such and such. That was a big one. You know, my brother the other day, he was talking to me about, well, they shouldn't have beat the Vikings on the last second field goal that they shanked. But uh, at the end of the day, if you can beat the Packers, like you want to beat the Packers, like sure. If we beat the Vikings, we didn't deserve it. Whatever. Like those are games that the good teams win, the bad teams lose. Like they just, the kicker didn't hit it, but uh, AJ, AJ green, just throwing out the greatest run block of all time. His controller died as many others said uh, when he just decided to run up to the DB that and forgot to run a route and go catch the ball. That one hurt a little bit watching it prime time. I know Sabrowski, our big screen sports guy, shout out him. He's a big Cardinals guy. We were texting back and forth. That one just hurt watching. I think it was a Monday night football game. That one hurt a lot to watch. So uh, most favorite Chandler Jones, least favorite was the greatest run block of all time. AJ Green. Gotta love that both of our least favorite is the Packers. That should say a lot about how they're going to do in the playoffs, but let's not get into that. Well, as we get into obviously the wild card, we will not be talking about the Packers as they have claimed the number one seed and have a buy into the first round of the NFC playoffs. And we'll be playing the lowest seed of the winners from this super wildcard weekend. Not sure the super is needed here, but it is a super weekend for us football fans. Uh, So the Packers will be playing the lowest seed in the NFC uh, that wins their games this weekend, while the Tennessee Titans are playing the lowest seed in the AFC as they claim the number one seed over the Kansas City Chiefs late in this season. So, Tim, we got a lot of games going here. We could go about this a couple of different ways, but – like I said, we started the show. We're talking about our drinks. We're talking about what's going to be drinking on a Saturday, on our Sunday, and our Monday. Let's start by going in chronological order of when those games happen. We had the first game, your game, of the Super Wildcard Weekend, the Las Vegas Raiders, the fifth seed of the AFC, going into Cincinnati to play the number four seed Cincinnati Bagels. In the first game, on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Again, if you're not a Mountain Standard Time, I apologize to you. Maybe Tim Bennett and his 53 listeners from his guest interview can fill you in on the uh, Pacific Standard Time uh, times. He can update you there. But for now, we're going to do Mountain Standard Time. So Saturday at 2.30 Mountain Standard, Raiders, Bengals. Tim, floor is yours. So Saturday at 1.30 p.m., uh, on the coast because we love oceans. Uh, you guys are going to see, I'm going to remain as unbiased as I can. And by saying that, I mean, the Bengals are going to roll over the Raiders. Um, I'm a big rich Basikia fan. Um, I've been listening to other podcasts, not ours. Sorry about it. And apparently it's rich Basikia and I hate that. Um, so rich Basikia, great coach, but there's no way they beat the Bengals right now. Um, they're on a short rest because they had games Monday and now they're playing on a Saturday and Joe Burrow hasn't played in a week and a half, two weeks. Um, Joe Mixon hasn't played. Trey Hendrickson's fresh. Jamar Chase got his two catches to set the record and then sat on the bench. Like we are going to come in hot. The offense will not be stopped. Hear me once, hear me twice. Logan Wilson is getting 10 plus tackles and Eli Apple will get a pick that might seal the game. That's one of my predictions for it. Eli Apple's going to have a great one. 
the Bengals win by at least two scores. Yeah, what are I mean, your thoughts? I, yeah, I, I obviously uh, I picked the Bengals as well. I did a uh, NFL playoff pool this year with uh, Mr. Matty B. Brisson, who is a part of the Big Screen Sports team, him and his family do one every year. Uh, we've all been exclusively added to that list, so I filled one out. So uh, obviously I had the Bengals beating the Raiders. Um, for this, the purpose of this podcast, because we are our own podcast, we will call him Rich Vesicchia because I do believe that's his name and I want to stick to it. It sounds good. It's got a good ring to it. That sounds like a guy that should be running a Las Vegas football team. So on with your permission, Tim, at this moment, we'll call him Rich Vesicchia. Uh So... Obviously, uh, Rich Basicchia, coach of the Raiders, what he's done with that team who have gone through probably the most drama teams ever gone through an entire season from uh, my generation, of course. Uh, The fact that they're a playoff team right now is just bonkers. I mean, the fact that they uh, kicked that last second field goal, Daniel Carlson kicked the last second field goal. They were going to call a timeout, all that stuff. Where they are today, they deserve to be in the playoffs. I believe they're... They are America's underdog story. The everybody wants the Raiders to succeed with everything they've gone through, but unfortunately they're going into Cincinnati who I think have turned things around enough that they have at least earned a first round uh, playoff victory based on the year they've had. So uh, all the best to the Raiders. I wish they weren't playing the Bengals because I would have picked the Raiders against uh, maybe another couple teams in the NF or the AFC, but I, I, I just, it's such a good feel good story that you got to at least give Raiders their praise that they're there. I'm totally with you. The Raiders have had the wildest season I've seen off field, but just on field, they're just not there. Like Derek Carr needs to take some mascara off and just get better at throwing footballs. If you ask me. Um, Yeah. Joe Burrow will be smoking a cigar Saturday evening. Let's do it. Absolutely. Uh, Tim, any other game notes in terms of Zach Taylor, in terms of your Bengals, uh, in terms of things you're worried about uh, that may scare you in terms of Bengals versus the Raiders, anything that you want to share with the people going into your favorite game of the weekend? I mean, honestly, <coughs> I said I was going to try to be unbiased. I'm going to be far from unbiased. I am so confident in this game. Like, I am not worried at all. Um, the only thing that might throw a wrinkle is the fact that Max Crosby on the Raiders is such a nice defensive end. If he gets a good lick on Joe Burrow, I'll puke. And that would be the only thing that would change the outcome of this game if Joe Burrow gets hurt. But we're knocking on wood. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's not going to happen. Bengals by two scores. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, we're obviously hoping for that for you this weekend. Uh, As big screen riders, we ride with our teams. Uh, Unfortunately, the only man in this uh, big screen sports team that's team isn't in the uh, isn't in the playoffs right now is Westies New York Giants. Uh, for all of those of you listening right now, go to our website at bigscreensport.wordpress.com. Uh, Mr. Westman has uploaded his first ever big screen sports blog. Uh, it's a four-parter entailing the firings of Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, and the rest of the New York Giants future and culture that they've built there in the last few years. Uh, his exact quote was, it was so much fun writing this. There were so many spelling mistakes because of how furious I was. So make sure you go check out the blog. It's a good one. It's a doozy. His New York Giants are not in the playoffs, but guess what? All of us are. And with that being said, we're going to move on to our next game. The number three Buffalo Bills. uh, Sorry, the number six New England Patriots going to the number three Buffalo Bills uh, Saturday at 615 Mountain Standard Time. So for Timmy, that's and your friends, that's 515 your time. Uh, Timmy, I'm going to let you start. You got the Bills and the Patriots. We were talking before recording. You said this was the most intriguing game. Give me reasons why and uh, what people should be looking for in this game. Yeah, it was funny that we had in our little uh, pre-show meeting there. We're at odds about this game a little bit, but you can get into that side of it. Uh, I think this is going to be the most tightly contested game. Um, it's nice that it's a division rivalry. Uh, like I mentioned, my buddy that's coming to visit, I big Patriots fan, shout out to Benoit. We met great man, very French. And, uh, I think the biggest thing to focus on for this game would be the quarterbacks. Um, huge Josh Allen fan. He's a very electric football player. 
he can run, he can throw, he's a big man. Um, but I think Mac Jones, I know I said earlier, Mac Jones can't win a playoff game, but this is one that feels like it's more than a playoff game. You know, uh, we got that interdivisional rivalry. We have Bill Belichick in the playoffs, in the cold against a team that he knows. I could see the Patriots really sneaking this one out. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won, but I'm saying the Patriots are pulling this off. They're going to have a big run game, um, not to the same extent as the last time they played the Bills in Buffalo. Mac Jones will throw the ball more than three times. You can put your entire house on that. But, uh, yeah, the Patriots are going to run the hell out of the ball, and the Bills are going to have a hard time stopping that. So as I'm hearing it right now, you have, you're taking the Patriots to defeat the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be close, but I do take the Patriots. You take the Patriots. Beautiful. Well, uh, obviously, for those of you that are listening right now, uh, I won't give you my spoiler pick uh, for the Super Bowl, but hint, hint, it's in this game, and it's the Buffalo Bills. There's your spoiler. Uh, Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, I do think, like I, like Tim was saying, it's they're going to put up a fight. Uh, so, Tim, here's a question for you. Coming off of uh, National Championship Monday here, uh, recording on Thursday if you, oh, such a good game we'll recap that later for you folks in a later episode we can get more of the fellows on but uh, we have Sean McDermott going into New England to pay sorry we have Bill Belichick going into Buffalo to play Sean McDermott Sean McDermott's been the head coach of the Buffalo Bills since 2017 do we see another Kirby Smart type Nick Saban underdog monkey off the back victory over a Bill Belichick by Sean McDermott here obviously Sean McDermott trying to be the guy in the division since Bill Belichick had Tom Brady for so many years, Bill, uh, Sean McDermott comes in. He's trying to, you know, prove that the bills are the next team in that division, not the Patriots. Is this a type of Kirby smart, Nick Saban transition with the monkey out the back and Sean McDermott, Bill Belichick. What do you think, Tim? It's an interesting take and I would love to agree with that, but I just don't see it happening. Um, since that hurricane game where Mac Jones threw the ball three times I know Sean McDermott's been dreaming about another shot at the Patriots in Buffalo, and that's what he's getting. But it's so hard to go against Bill Belichick. That man has done some things that, you know, nobody will ever know. But I don't know. He's the best coach in the NFL. There's no question about that. And I just don't see him dropping this game. So as much as I'd love that storyline of, you know, the under – the favorite underdog, you know, taking over Bill Belichick. I just can't see it happening. So I'm sticking with my pick. We're going with the Patriots. And that does pain me to say. And that's fair. And obviously, you know, when I made that prediction and that, that connection between Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Sean McDermott, Bill Belichick, I want the listeners to know out there that that was not the reason I had the Bills going to the Super Bowl was that Sean McDermott's going to get the monkey off his back enough that they're going to carry him to the Super Bowl. I do believe that the Bills have been a Super Bowl contender all year. There have been moments – sorry, they were Super Bowl contenders at the start of the year. they kind of fallen off that Super Bowl contender wagon a little bit throughout the season. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the Bills are the Bills. I think, you know, what their team is on paper, I think they really do have the team to at least make it to the Super Bowl, if not, in my opinion, win it all. And obviously, you know, based on the brackets and everything, I do think they are the team in the AFC to beat. Uh, they will face off the Chiefs, in my opinion. We'll get to that game later. But I think the Bills are the team to beat. And, you know, if they if they end up getting beating, so what? It happens. But I do not see them at least losing this game to Patriots. Although the game, like you said, Tim, the storyline, the, the uh, division game, I think it will be a good one. Yeah, we're on the same page with that. It's going to be a great game. But Beautiful. I like I like that we're at odds on it a little bit. That makes it a little spicy in this room. Yeah, we don't want every game to be uh, predicted favoritly and on the same page. So moving on to that, I think we can both say that with this game coming up, we have the number seven seed Philadelphia Eagles going uh, to the number two seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tim, I, I, I can assume that we're all realistic here and that we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving on to the divisional round. That's where you're fucked. All right. No. Um, not to jump into it early, but we're getting into the Timmy Buns crystal ball prediction of the week. Uh, I had Jalen Hurts on my fantasy team, so there may be some bias in this. But <coughs> hear me out. I see 
a key member of the Bucks getting hurt on offense, and I see the real hurt, Jalen Hurts, running for at least three scores. You heard it, three scores, and winning this game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to see Philly go nuts. Sunday, guess what I'm having for dinner? It's cheesesteaks. Let's do this thing. Fly, Eagles, fly. Now, I I have to ask because – now I have to ask because there is a part of me that thinks they could be recency bias, and I would feel the same way. Is there a part of you that just watched Invincible with Mark Wahlberg and you're thinking, I'm an Eagles fan through and through because I just watched the movie? Because I would be on the same train as you, Tim. If I just watch Invincible, Mark Wahlberg doing what nobody thought he could, couldn't remember the character's name for the lack of me, but – uh, there, that was a great movie. Philadelphia Eagles, Fly Eagles, Fly. That is what Philadelphia is all about. So if I did just watch that movie, I could look at this game and be like, you know what? I really do think this is the Eagles game. Mark Wahlberg, Invincible and everything. So, Tim, did you just watch the movie or is this purely NFL wildcard weekend? This is your super pick. Um, I mean, I have not actually watched that movie in years, but I do love that film. And I do fully believe that Jalen Hurts is going to carry this team. Will they win after that? Absolutely not. Uh, But they are winning this weekend. They are going to upset the two seed. And just so we're all clear, the character's name, not just a character, he's a real person, Vince Papali. Absolute stud, very Italian. Go Jalen Hurts. Fly. Super Super Italian. I mean, it is... Yeah, you're right. Good call on the name. I, I obviously didn't come up with it at the moment, but that's that's a name I shouldn't forget. And uh, as a person that has said numerous times in person to other people that if I was to change my heritage, I would become Italian. I just think Italian people are the coolest people in the entire world. Uh, and I just think that the culture and all that stuff is way too cool to pass up. So Vince Papali, the Italian that made it to the NFL, that is, that's a story you all root for. But Timmy also Bums speak, has... He- speaking of that movie, Invincible... I think it was Elizabeth Banks playing the role of, you know, Vince Papali's love interest. So, like, kind of hood rat sexy, you know? Like, I was super into that, and I just need that off my chest. Big fan. She is Philadelphia sexy, and I know what you mean. Like, you just couldn't say it. I'll say it for you. She's Philadelphia sexy. She's not Los Angeles sexy. She's Philadelphia sexy, right? Absolutely. She's she's a girl you can go get a Philly cheesesteak with, and she's still a 9 or a 10. Yeah, you could take her out, crush 10 beers, smoke a couple cigs, and still be fun taking her home. And she's an Eagles fan. Like, how do you not miss up on that? So, uh, obviously, for you listeners out there that weren't sure, I took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, that's one that – easy for me. I don't know. Uh, I mean, t- I, I, I proved this to the day that I will never bet against Tom Brady until the guy retires. And even somehow I might still bet on Tom Brady, even if he does retire, because he's just that good. Like, he's the guy – uh, I mean, sure, I love the Eagles. I love Nick Sirianni, the pink highlighter. For all of those you know, he is the pink highlighter guy. I, I I, really wish the Eagles could win. Like, I don't want Tom Brady to win if he doesn't. I want a good feel-good story. The Eagles, you know, feel-good Philadelphia. But, I mean, realistically, as the insider that you know for your NFL picks, that's why you're listening to the show right now, uh, I I encourage you to take the Bucks in any future endeavors with this game. So, um, that said, that's the second biggest spread of the weekend. So even if you're not thinking Eagles money line like your boy is, I don't think it's an insane thing to sprinkle a little money on the Philadelphia Eagles plus eight and a half because that's a big spread in a playoff game. Yeah, playoffs. That's a lot of that's a lot of points, as uh, many of us have said before. That's moving a lot on of to points. the next game. We have the San Francisco 49ers going into AT&T Stadium in Dallas in Arlington, Texas to play Dem Cowboys, Gavin Turnick's Cowboys. Tim, are you riding with Gavin Turnick and their Cowboys or do you got other things in mind with this game? I mean, I'm still waiting to get on the pod with Gav. Uh, and the longer I wait, the less I want to ride with the Cowboys. But uh, I was actually talking about this at work today with uh, one of the educational assistants at the school I work at and she told me that her husband is a Niners fan and I hit her with the classic Timbinette. Oh, that's too bad. So there's no way the 49ers are winning this game. Um, 
that Dallas defense is so spicy. They're going to get some big licks in on Trey Lance is starting, I think. So, yeah, like the man started, what, three games in his life, two games? Like, I'm sorry. He might be the answer. I don't think he is, and he definitely will not be this weekend. We're going with the boys by a lot. Well, I uh, unfortunately, this is our Eagles-Bucks turnaround where I'm going to have to disagree with you there because I have my wild card upset game of the week, the weekend here in the 49ers beating the Cowboys. Uh, I do believe that, in my opinion, that Kyle Shanahan is one of the smarter coaches in the NFL. The fact that he can get a guy that just walked on to the 49ers from a Division III NCAA school to be running back and he can run for 180 yards on any team. Uh I, again, I, I do believe in the Cowboys defense. Micah Parsons is my defense player of the year, so there's a little bet 365 cash in my account. But uh, really, at the end of the day, I just – something about this game just smells like a Mike McCarthy, like, fucking brain fart game where, you know, whether it's time management or just game management and, you know, a bad challenge call or not using timeouts correctly. Uh, again, playoffs like we know it, Tim, it's one of those that it's live or die with, you know, you got to make the best decisions at any moment. I just don't trust Mike McCarthy. I do believe that the offense will be clicking. I do believe it's going to be an absolute shootout. If I had to tell you gamblers out there, this is the guaranteed over the week. Uh, whatever the numbers are right now, I've looked into it. But I have my upset game of the weekend here in the 49ers. I think they are the better team. I think the Cowboys are going to have a bit of a stinker here at home. And I don't know why. I just I trust those 49ers, Greg Kittle, uh, all those guys on the 49ers better than I do the Cowboys. So I got 49ers here. Hey, I respect where you're coming from, but I don't agree with you. I think the spread is nowhere near what it needs to be. And I just think the boys are oh, going to no, I have the over at 50. 50, that is the absolute definition of a hammer the over. Who doesn't want points in a 49ers-Cowboys game at AT&T Stadium? I think Jerry Jones would bet it too if he was legally allowed to. Yeah, Moving I totally on. agree with you on that. Absolutely yeah. hammer that over. We love points. I mean, if you could hammer every over, we would, but I'm sure there's a few games that you look at and be like, that looks like an under. But moving on, this is the most intriguing game, in my opinion, in terms of the matchup, the seeding, and everything that happened for them to get in. We have the number seven seed Pittsburgh Steelers going to the number two Kansas City Chiefs. Tim, Kansas City Chiefs, people wrote them off pretty early in the season, and then people remember that Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and that team are still pretty elite. What were your thoughts on the Chiefs this year, where they're at now, and what are your thoughts on this game going, uh, playing at home against the Steelers? What do I think about the Chiefs? They are a top three team in the league right now. Um, they started off slow, which I think confused everybody. Their defense looked like a dumpster fire. They tightened that up real quick, and their offense is just so nice. Uh, <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a very good running back, and he's one that doesn't get talked about enough, but he's very nice. Travis Kelsey is, I'm going to say it, the number two tight end in the league because I think George Kittle blocks so much better, and that's important to me because I love Big Ten football, as we know. And Tyreek Hill is the fastest man in football. I don't care what anybody says. So that offense is going to be so hard to stop. But, but. Did you hear what Big Ben said? No, I did not. Let me read this quote for you, because this is something that if you hear from another team, you're kind of scared of. Big Ben, and I quote, said, as a group, you understand we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. Out of 14 teams <laughs> I think that are in, we're probably number 14. We don't have a chance, so let's just go in and have fun. I have never heard a more terrifying thing from another quarterback. He's not saying we're going to come in and just roll this team over. He's saying, eh, I'm going to come in and have some fun with my boys. And I know you said Micah Parsons is your defensive player of the year. I'm going to stand up for the rest. I meant of defense rookie life. of the year. Sorry, obviously, yeah, that's what I meant. I didn't mean defense okay. player of the year. I miss Fair enough. I'm apologies. still going to come at you for it. TJ Watt is going to dominate this game. Um, I still don't see the Steelers winning, but you know what? They're frisky. They are frisky. 
Big Ben is playing mind games with the Chiefs, and that could work, but I still have the Chiefs winning. Yeah, I mean, I have the Chiefs winning too. They're they're the representatives in the AFC championship game against the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion. But um like people are talking about Tyree Kill a little bit banged up. You take Tyree Kill off the field, you still have Kelsey, you still have Hardman. I mean, you know, it's kind of like the Kyle Shanahan effect where he could throw anybody at running back. Like you could throw anybody a receiver for Patrick Mahomes and he'll he'll light it up, give you eight or nine catches in a game. So uh now. Obviously, you had your crystal ball prediction with Jalen Hurts. My crystal ball prediction, my bold prediction here uh, on the podcast today is I do truly believe that the Steelers will be leading this game and winning this game after the third quarter. Now, that doesn't mean I think they're going to win the game, but I do believe the Chiefs have a slow enough start that Steelers defense, you know, knows what Mahomes is doing. You know, they, they study the film, they study the game plan, they study what their tendencies are, they shut down Kelsey and other factors on the offense. Maybe they G.J. Watt gets to Mahomes a couple times, but I do believe that the Steelers after three quarters will be leading this game, and the future prediction for the crystal ball prediction is that. Can you hit me with an off-the-cuff here, absolute prediction, Najee Harris rushing yards? We didn't talk about this before. I just want to know right top of your head, how many is he going for? And if you feel like it, how many scores? Uh, well, I I have a feeling the Chiefs' run defense will be very good in this game, knowing that they have to – you just watch Ben Roethlisberger throw a football, you just know, like, he maybe shouldn't be in this game right now. But uh, I, I'll, I'll say 75 yards and zero touchdowns for Najee Harris at the end of this game. I just – I think that they'll – They'll plan to shut the run down enough that they make Ben throw the ball 50 times and to keep it close throughout the game. Maybe Big Ben throws two touchdowns in the first couple quarters and catch people off guard, but I don't see Najee Harris being that that guy that gets a couple touchdowns. Knowing me too, it'll end up being he runs for like 125 yards and three touchdowns in the first half, and it's like, oh my God, the Steelers are going to win this game because of Najee Harris. So I could be wrong there, but I don't think Najee Harris is going to be the reason my crystal ball prediction will come true with the Steelers leading after three quarters. I understand where you're coming from. And just for anybody wondering, I'm saying Najee Harris, 117, two scores. Okay. Moving on, we have our final game, my game uh, of the weekend, the Arizona Cardinals, the fifth seed going into SoFi Stadium, Los Angeles Rams, Monday night football, 6.15 p.m., I have fully convinced myself the Cardinals are going to win this game. I am scared because I've seen my Cardinals absolutely implode in the last few weeks of the season. They have been so verbal meme, grab a gun, hold your foot out and shoot it. That's the Arizona Cardinals because they just love to shoot themselves in the foot, no matter at what cost, whether it's penalties, whether it's punters fumbling the football or whether it's just terrible short guy throws by Kyler Murray, they love to shoot themselves in the foot. And Unfortunately, I've convinced myself that they are going to have a good couple of weeks of practice or a good week of practice where they're going to come in. They're going to go into Los Angeles where they have already beaten the Rams and they're going to play lights out. They're going to play their best game of the year that that night, Monday night at 615 for those Pacific time listeners for Tim Bennett, <laughs> 515. They're going to go in there and beat the Rams. But unfortunately, there's a little bit lingering for me uh, of those little bit of mistakes uh, of those Cardinals losing to the Rams. So. Tim, your prediction, Cardinals-Rams. Well, I feel bad doing this because you were riding with my Bengals. But if anybody was listening before, my Super Bowl pick was the Los Angeles Rams. So I have to ride with them. Um, I don't know. I just don't quite trust Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler's really nice, but I don't know. I just don't see it happening. I think OBJ is going to score at least one. Matt Stafford deserves at least one playoff win. And I have to dive into the betting stats. I'm looking at them right now. And one thing is blowing me away. The over-under is set at 49 and a half. And 92% of the money that is being wagered right now is on the under. And I think this game is going way over that. And the fact that I think is going way over is making me want to bet the under because I'd never trust myself. But... That just, <laughs> that just makes me think that's an insane number. 49 and a half, we are taking that over for sure in the Bennett household. 
Well, unfortunately, as somebody who's watched the Cardinals every single game this season, uh, every single minute for the most part, uh, miss very few games, if not quarters in general, the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray start of the season, September, October, they love to, you know, they're undefeated. Last undefeated team, like big storyline. Woof, love it. At the end of the year, Kyler Murray was throwing the most short guy interceptions I've ever seen in my entire life. Like making me think he was a visual representation of what I thought I would be like if I was an NFL quarterback going in there, throwing, trying to throw uh, out routes against six, five linemen with their hands up. So uh, I, I have this feeling that, you know, guys like Aaron Donald bursting through that offensive line, getting to Kyler Murray, making him scramble. Sure. Kyler Murray might get a few rushing yards, but I don't see, I see Kyler Murray throwing a few short guy tip passes, maybe an interception, but on the other end of the field, I, I do know this for a fact, and I've stated this all year that Matt Stafford loves to make a couple of boo-boo plays every once in a while. And I'm sure he's not going to completely revolutionize his game for a playoff game against the Cardinals. And I'm sure he's going to have one detrimental, at least one detrimental throw or interception that'll just completely, you know, turn things around for Cardinals fans and, you know, disappoint Rams fans where maybe they're in the red zone. He throws a bad pick in the end zone, something like that, where I do believe that 50 points is a lot for this game or 49 and a half, as you stated. So I I do believe that uh, this game will be under just based on the quarterback play. And it'll be very hard to get points against two teams that have generally good defenses, Cardinals up and coming and Rams who have generally had a good defense over the years. Yeah. Excuse me. I hear where you're coming from, but locked in my mind is that Rams chiefs game. And every time I see the Rams, I want to bet the over because that game they played a couple years ago was the most electric live betting I've ever been a part of. Um, But to kind of switch gears here, I just got texted (laughs) a uh, next gen stats rankings of the top five quarterbacks in the playoffs. Have you seen this list yet, Brock? No, I, no, I have not. Okay, can I feel free to tell me to fuck off? No, you you can say Kyler Murray's the least next-gen stats quarterback of all time, and there's part of me that might believe you, but I still have the Cardinals winning this game. Well, that's not – I'm moving on from the game at this point. I want to hear who you would rank in your top five playoff quarterbacks right now. I'll tell you mine, and then I'll tell you what these next-gen stats say. And I know we didn't prep for this. I want to hear what you got off the top of your head. So just top five based on who I think can win a playoff game type thing, like top five. And we're not talking wild card. We're going to include those two by teams. Well, I'll say number one would be Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. I'll say, I'll say three Patrick Mahomes, four Joe Burrow and five Josh Allen. Those would be my top five based on just looking at this wild card weekend and considering the, uh, number one seeds. I I like where you're coming from. Mine, slightly different. I still have Patty Mahomes, number one. I have my boy Joe Burrow, number two, because I'm a biased motherfucker. Uh, we're putting Aaron Rodgers, number three. I do love me some Josh Allen, but Tom Brady's got that four, and I also have Josh Allen at five. But the wild thing I'm reading here, there are two names we did not mention in the next-gen top five. Ready for this? At number five, they have Patrick Mahomes. At number four, Ryan Tannehill, which seems insane to me. Number three, they got Maddie Stafford. Number two, Joe Burrow. And number one, Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't know if I agree with a number four Ryan Tannehill. Like, their team is going to rely on the run game. He, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't believe more in the Matt Stafford three than I do the Ryan Tannehill four. Like, I get it, Ryan Tannehill. They're the number one seed. I'm sure without Derrick Henry, I'm sure there's a reason that he's in the top five. It's because you know, I'm. There's something about backup running backs like the the Vikings do it and the Titans seem to do it. So Derrick Henry traditionally has the long hair, right? He's got that long, like, it looks like a stick of a a ponytail. It looks like a poop. Yep. And then they come in with the backup running back. Couldn't remember the guy's name, but he comes in with dreadlock, long black hair kind of thing. And you're like, well, that kind of looks like Derrick Henry. He's back. Good for him. Nope, not him. How about this? Dalvin Cook, long dreadlocks. They bring in Alexander Madison as the backup running back. And you're thinking every time that this guy runs a ball, you're thinking Dalvin Cook entered the game. So 
there's a part of me that thinks that Ryan Tannehill without Derrick Henry, whatever the backup's name is that has a similar hair with Derrick Henry, I'm sure he didn't make as much of an impact in the last few games without Derrick Henry. But I, I have a feeling that more Derek or uh, Ryan Tannehill is the reason that they are the number one seed with the help of the Chiefs uh, losing to the Bengals. But I don't see that be as a big of a surprise as Matt Stafford at three. Like I, I feel like there's got to be more quarterbacks better suited than Stafford being a top three. But that's just because I'm so used to watching him make those boo boo errors in like the most like detrimental aspects of a game, and they still end up winning games against like the Ravens. They won that one last minute, but I don't know. I uh, that's kind of fucked up. I don't know. What, the, what is the next gen stats on? Is it like QBR or is it just like general ratings of quarterbacks? Um, they have it as this is based off of pass score, um, which and I quote, <coughs> it's a composite metric that leverages a series of predictive models to evaluate passing performance based on the factors that a quarterback can control. That is the most vague description of a stat I've ever heard. And the fact that Tom Brady's not in their top five makes me think it's broken, but I just had to mention it because it got sent to me at the moment. And I just had to share that. It's wild. Well, as you're talking about Tom Brady, as you're talking about Tom Brady, not making top five at this moment, Tim, I'll catch you off guard. Who's your MVP right now? Is it Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Oh man. Again, every social media that I have is so biased towards me because that's how they're built. I think Joe Burrow is the MVP. (laughs) Joe Burrow has more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. He also has more picks, and I know that's why he's not going to be in there. But Joe Burrow will finish two in MVP voting to Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady will be number three. And if, if I didn't believe that the MVP was a quarterback award, I would say Jonathan Taylor deserves it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those that uh, I would give mine to Cooper Cup if it wasn't a quarterback, just because of the fact, like, you win a triple crown. Like, I just think auto auto MVP, like, triple crown, like, that is a fucking pretty cool thing to have near your name. Like, Steve Smith, Jerry Rice, and one other player, I'll say Chad Johnson. I can't remember who the fourth, the third guy is, but he's and one Miguel of four Cabrera. Who, sorry? Miguel Cabrera. No, for fucking <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. Miguel Cabrera, baseball, triple crown. There's Jerry Rice, Steve Smith, and one other receiver who won it for the NFL. I think anytime you win a triple crown in any sport, uh, that you should be the MVP. I just think it's an auto lock. But uh, obviously, we didn't answer the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady question, uh, which is okay. Speaking of Tom Brady, let's recap what our crystal ball prediction is. Before we do that, we want to remind you guys to go check out Big Screen Sports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at big screen sports for Twitter. It's at big screen sport with no S get rid of the S don't add it. It's just at big screen sport. Check us out on WordPress, our sports blog where uh, our boy Westy just uploaded a blog, uh, big screen sport.wordpress.com and check us out on filter, not included share it with all your friends. Timmy Bennett had 53 plays. Let's try and up that to 55 for our, this one and our future ones. So, uh, Tim, our crystal ball prediction. I had the Steelers will be leading after three quarters against the Kansas City Chiefs this Super Wild Card weekend, and yours was Jalen Hurts will score three rushing touchdowns. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. And just to touch on Triple Crown talk one more time, uh, the person you were looking for was Sterling Sharp. Very surprising. Ooh, yes. Sterling Sharp. I checked the stats. I went back. And... Just because I brought it up because I'm an asshole, I have to back up the fact that Miguel Cabrera had the Triple Crown, won the MVP that year. Mike Trout deserved it. We don't need to get into that. Uh, but, yes, my pick, Jalen Hurts, three rushing touchdowns, and a Philadelphia Eagles win over the Bucks. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now, Tim. I just think the Triple Crown is the coolest set of all time. If I could lead this, the Canadian College Baseball Conference in – let's say, what is it, hits, RBIs, and home runs. I'm pretty sure that would be one of the coolest things in my entire career. And if I didn't win an MVP in the CCBC year-end awards, that would be just pretty much detrimental to me. But that's that's two different opinions. And you know what? That's what this episode was about. We had a couple differing views on some big games in this wildcard weekend. So let's recap what our wildcard bracket looks like. Uh, Ooh, before, we get in, before we get into that, let me finish Triple Crown talk. Yes. If this podcast and the next one I'm on Join my first as our top three listens. 
you guys will all see a video of a shirtless Timmy Buns jumping to a freezing cold ocean because that is the podcast triple crown. Beautiful. That's what I'm talking about. The guy's new to the team and he is already making guarantees on things like that. Tim, we also, Brisson and I were talking recently about where uh, all of us for a Super Bowl episode, we are going to do print out our Super Bowl prop sheets, as you know, with the anthems, the color of the Gatorade, things like that, how long the halftime show is, things like that. We're going to print out one of those. We're going to fill them out. We're going to have an entire show dedicated to it. And my my uh, my contribution to the punishment was going to be that the loser has to do a full Gatorade shower of ice cold water uh, in the freezing cold temperature here in Alberta or for you in Nanaimo. So uh, it'll be slightly warmer for me, but I'm going to one up it and actually make it Gatorade. So there you go. That's what I mean. I was I am willing to go to Sobeys and buy a stupid amount of Gatorades just for this. But if not, we have a different punishment. We'll get to that later. But yes, you jumping into a freezing cold ocean, we appreciate it. We also have some very cool punishments lined up for Super Bowl weekend and the loser of the prop sheet because that is the best thing about Super Bowl, is it not? The prop sheet. If you get the anthem right at the start and the coin toss, you you that's an electric night. You you've already yeah, won. Yeah, that that means you're riding into the game with a hard dick already, and nothing can stop that. The only way I don't do a prop sheet is if my Cardinals are playing somebody in the AFC, but quite frankly, that is a fucking pipe dream at this point. So I'm already, I already got my pipe, sh- my uh, prop sheet. I'm looking at it. I'm studying it. I'm thinking what color is the Gatorade going to be? So as we're closing this episode up, let's recap what our final water card bracket is going to look like. Uh, so for myself, we have the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Las Vegas Raiders. That will mean that the Bengals will play the Titans based on my other predictions, seeing as how the number three seeded Buffalo Bills will be going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs, the number two seed. Um, uh, So that's how my AFC looks. My NFC looks as the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be playing the number five seed Arizona Cardinals, while the San Francisco 49ers at the sixth seed, the lowest seed of my prediction winners, will be going to Green Bay to play the number one seed Green Bay Packers. For Mr. Tim Bennett, his Cincinnati Bengals will be playing the Kansas City Chiefs, a four versus two, whereas the uh, New England Patriots will be going into Tennessee to play the number one seed Titans as the sixth seed in his prediction against the Buffalo Bills. For the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing the Green Bay Packers, the seven versus one seed game, which would be an electric game to have in the divisional round. So I'm rooting for that for you, Tim, uh, obviously. And we have the Cowboys uh, sorry, the Rams going into AT&T Stadium to play the Dallas Cowboys in the divisional round, uh, the four versus three game for that one. So, Tim, I appreciate you joining me for this episode. We did our wild card preview, a wild card weekend. Um, before we end the show, what is one thing you're looking forward to most from this weekend in terms of football fandom? One thing I'm looking forward to this weekend. On or off the field? I mean, to get personal with it, I'm just like, you know, I'm a soft guy. You know that. I'm just really looking forward to spending the weekend with my buddy, Benoit. He's coming over and we are going to spend all Saturday watching both our teams play. And yeah, if I'm being straight up, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. If we're talking straight NFL, I am looking forward to that Patriots Bills game the most because that is going to be a great watch. It might not be an absolute, you know, firework show with offense but i think it's gonna be a great game yeah i uh i believe you there and obviously right now i'm trying to look it up but i'm looking forward to most uh i i don't know who has the game uh between the steelers and the chiefs i am looking forward to as my crystal ball prediction just complete chaos in cincinnati or in kansas city not cincinnati sorry in kansas city uh, those Pittsburgh Steelers putting up more of a fight than people anticipated the end of the Kansas City reign in a playoffs that hasn't even really started yet on Sunday night. I just that's what I'm most forward looking to. I really hope it's like a Tony Romo, Jim Nance type game where Tony and Jim are just giving their all time broadcasting opinions on Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs slow offense. But uh, whoever that game is, I'm sure uh will do a great job broadcasting it. The Steelers versus the Chiefs will be what I'm looking forward to most Sunday night. I think both are going to be great games. All-time games. And you know what the best part, Tim, is quite frankly, I think all these games are going to be the best because you know what? Like Magic Johnson said in his tweet, I don't know if you saw this tweet. I saw I it did. one day. I Somebody did. forwarded it to me. You want to read it out for the people? Oh, I got to pull it up here. Give me a hot minute. No worries. 
Uh, like I said, for all of you listeners out there, while Tim pulls up the quote, go check us out on Big Screen Sports at Instagram, at Twitter, at TikTok, and at Facebook at Big Screen Sports. Uh, for Twitter, it's at Big Screen Sport with no S. Uh, check us out our website at bigscreensport.wordpress.com, bigscreensport.wordpress.com, no S on Big Screen Sports. And check us out on Filter Not Included, whatever your pad- podcast platform streaming site is. Check us out. Give us a quick subscription. Go take a listen to uh, Tim's interview and let's uh, let's get the plays number up from 53. So, Tim, in that time reading out, have you found the tweet? Oh, I've got it right in front of me. Give it to the us. NF- the NFC and AFC playoffs are going to be so exciting because anybody can win. I can't wait until next weekend. So fucking Matt- wholesome. Magic Johnson was just an all-time prediction that the NFC and AFC playoffs, anybody can win it. That's what we love about Magic Johnson and his Twitter account. Tim Bennett, Timmy Buns, we appreciate you joining us here on the Filter Not Included podcast. Enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, and Monday drinking, and we really look forward to you uh, having a great time with your games. Go Bengals. Uh, I also have to do one quick shout-out because, uh, I mean, the game's not over, but I feel like I've lost a bet. Um, I placed a bet with one of my dear friends. Uh, she is a beautiful woman living in Denver, Colorado. Name's Teddy. Big Nuggets fan. They're playing against my Blazers tonight. Um, at this point, we're in the third quarter. It's 75-58 for the Nuggets. Uh, so I have to give her a really big shout-out. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to you, Teddy. You won this bet this time. But I can't wait until I win our next one. So. I had to throw that out there, but yeah, let's, I'm looking forward to this weekend uh, to all the listeners out there. Just remember who day, who day go Bengals. Are you sure Teddy Bridgewater, the Denver Broncos didn't just catfish you somehow and uh, knows that you're a Portland Trailblazers fan. I'm sure that's not hard info to find. Wow. I'm pretty confident. I'm not getting catfished here. Um, cause this is definitely not Teddy Bridgewater. He does not look this way. My goodness. So well, no, you gotta is... think, well, catfish people don't look like the people that they represent on their catfishing. So like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe Teddy's not really hurt in Denver and he was just catfishing people all along and maybe he just got you a Portland Trailblazers fan. That's how he got you. My God, the disrespect from this man. No, this is a beautiful woman. She's wonderful and we'll probably get married later. So. Like Teddy from Denver, we appreciate all of our fans listening. Thank you for listening to Filter Not Included podcast. Timmy Buns, have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you soon. Uh, our next episode, we are going to recap all of the NFL coaching firings, their replacements, and all of the best and worst moments from their tenures. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time.